Good day, I'm Anne Dolashek and thank you for tuning in to Anne on Influence. In this episode, we're in conversation with Hayley Owen, founder and CEO of Activate and Kat Carstens, influencer and PR account manager at Activate. Hayley made her name for herself acting in the local soapy scene, starring in The Wild, Generations, Isidingo and High Rollers. In 2012, she decided to diversify her career by leveraging her strong network in the entertainment industry and started Activate. While you might still catch her in front of the camera from time to time, she spends most of her energy staying updated on digital trends and making sure her clients are seeing excellent results and exciting content. Kat is a PR and influencer management specialist with over 10 years experience working in PR and over the past three years, influencer marketing. As a content creator herself, she is quite familiar and well-versed in what content creators want from brands and what brands expect from content creators. This episode is for marketers and influencers alike. We discuss why TikTok is the flavor of the month with brands at the moment, what brands need to consider when they want presence on the platform, the type of content needed for the algorithm to favor it on TikTok, why niche content and niche influencers are the way to go at the moment, and what is the deal with longer form content on TikTok. Enjoy. This podcast series has been made possible through an exclusive sponsorship from SA's number one nano influencer platform, The Salt. Most brands have a communication line to their existing customers, but do not have a way to get them to have additional positive brand conversations. The Salt solved the problem by identifying brand fans and getting them to talk more about their positive brand experiences. The Salt have a database of over 230,000 registered brand fans and in-depth information on each to perfectly match an influencer to your brand. Reach out to them today and see what they can do for you. Good afternoon, Haley and Kat, and thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Before we get into our conversation, I would love for you just to take us a bit through about who you are and what a, a day of, in the life of you really looks like. Um, Haley, can we start with you? Sure. Thanks so much for having us. We've been wanting to be on the podcast for a while. So um, let's get straight into it. Uh, we are Activate and we are an influencer marketing specialist agency. We've been around uh, for a while now, for 10 years, even before influencer marketing was even a term. I come from the acting world and people were reaching out to me um, for my contacts in the in the celebrity world. And yeah, the influencer marketing just, just grew from that. So we specialize in partnering brands with content creators, and we also do uh, some PR as well. Amazing. A, a day in the life of an influencer agency. Well, um, things are always, always changing. No two days are the same, but... Uh, we are responding to client briefs and putting creative strategies together. We are managing ongoing campaigns, ensuring influencers have, you know, done the right content, um, you know, put the right hashtags and handles. Uh, we're doing client reports. And uh, we also, one of our favorite parts is we also on set quite a bit uh, shooting uh, content for brands. So I guess, yeah, it's a bit of a bit of everything. And you, Kat? Yeah, I think um, for me, it's the first thing I do is check my phone that nothing hectic has happened overnight. There's been no yeah. <laughs> influencers doing things that they weren't supposed to do. And then I check Twitter because that's usually where I get most of my news and my information from. And I can kind of see if there's anything trending or anything that we should jump on. So yeah, that's how I start my day. 
I love it because you guys are like me, no day is kind of the same. Everything changes all the time. <laughs> sure. And you need yes. to put your finger on the pulse because everything our influencers are doing, you know, needs to be relevant and yeah, on on point with what's with what's trending. No, exactly. So obviously influencer marketing is constantly evolving and there's new platforms that pop up all the time. Some leads to great success like the TikToks and some some doesn't, unfortunately. But at the moment, we see that TikTok is basically the flavor of the month. Hayley, why do you think that is? Why is everyone talking about TikTok? Sure. Well, I think TikTok is the power of the short form video. We all know our attention spans aren't great. And TikTok is short. It's fun. It's a positive space. It's not hugely political and heavy and argumentative. It's it's fun. It's lighthearted. It incorporates music, which is great. And really, youth is kind of the way to the youth's heart. So I think, um, yeah, that's really why why it's catching on like wildfire. And also, um, Kat and I were saying yesterday, like it gravitates towards authenticity because a lot of the content isn't hugely produced. A lot of it isn't brand content that you see on your feed. So it's really just people doing everyday things that you can relate to. 100%. And I think it's also that that flawlessness that everyone's embracing. We want to re like actually relate to people, seeing people do things kind of like, yeah, that's kind of normal. I also do that. I didn't know anyone else does that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely an element of yeah, relatability on TikTok. So do you guys find, I'm sure a lot of brands are asking you for a campaign specifically on TikTok, but do they actually know what this means? Or is it just kind of jumping on the bandwagon saying like seeing everyone's on TikTok, we need to be on TikTok? Yes, I think all brands, if they are, haven't already done a TikTok campaign um, or haven't asked about one, they certainly are asking now. And I think brands are curious to the space and not all brand managers, for example, even have a TikTok account. And so um, for the older generation that aren't on it, there's, yeah, they, it's a bit of a gray area that they don't know much about and, and need quite a lot of expert advice in. So what is that expert advice, Hayley? If a brand manager comes to you saying like, we've never done a TikTok campaign, what are those things that they really should kind of keep top of mind when they, they actually want to go into this? Yeah, Kat, do you maybe want to speak to this? Um, yeah, I think um, just to answer the question, I think a lot of people, yeah, they just want to jump head first into the TikTok world, but I think it does, it's not as simple as just making a video and putting it out there. Like TikTok is very different to Instagram. Um, from what we've seen, the the influencers and the content creators that are doing well and the brands that are doing well, they understand what their audience is looking for and they're filling that need. So, you know, I think a brand re really needs to think about what it is they want to put out there rather than just having a TikTok channel for the sake of having a TikTok channel because you're not going to be posting your ads up there. That's going to completely like fall flat. We've seen brands do that. They think it's a great place to post a TVC 
um, and it falls completely flat and they're like, why didn't we go viral? So I think it's, it's just making them understand like, yes, we want to help you in getting this TikTok channel running. And obviously influence is a big part of that, but there needs to be a bigger content strategy that forms part of, you know, why your brand is on TikTok and what your place is in the space. So Kat, do you see when clients come to you with these requests, do they already have some kind of understanding of that? Most of them? Is it only like a small percentage who's really a bit clueless or is it just yeah. like a big education? I think it's a bit of both. I mean, some some clients, they just kind of, you know how it is. They just want to go viral and they just want to like do a dance. And it's like, okay, but, you know, you know, we can definitely incorporate dance into this, but does that actually translate into what you're trying to communicate? Because not all businesses, brands are going to get their message across by doing like a trending dance. So I think it's just making them understand like, you know, how do you fit into the space? Are you going to be someone who's going to bring education to, to consumers? Are you going to show like the fun side of your product? It's just really trying to understand like, what it is, is it that you want to do on TikTok and not just being on TikTok to be on TikTok. Um, so I think, yeah, some of our brand managers, they really do understand. And a lot of the others, they kind of just say to us, well, we are looking to your expertise to see. We're looking for your expertise to kind of give us some direction on, on what could be on TikTok and what's going to work for the influencers, what's going to work for our brand. Um, so I think it's a bit of both. Some of our clients kind of know what they want to do and others are looking to us for feedback on what, on what we think is working and what will work for their brand. I think you said something so important there and it's not just about jumping on a trend you're seeing some dance trend is trending now you want to hop on it it really is thinking about that what does it bring to your audience does it educate them does it give them entertainment where do you really want to live because you can't just hop around because that also doesn't mm. work mm -hmm. so Haley, after now we've we've obviously discussed that there is some education to be done still and there needs to be some thought actually behind why if a brand wants to be on TikTok is it the space for them what do they want to contribute to it in your opinion do you think that any brand can be hugely successful on TikTok if only they understand it a bit better so I think it's definitely easier for some brands to be on TikTok than others. For example, a consumer brand like a hair care brand or a beauty brand, it's much easier for them to fit the TikTok space than, say, a financial bank. But having said that, um, if the if the brand has strategy behind it, then they can certainly um play in the TikTok space. They just need to, as Kat said, work out why they're there. Are they there because they want to relate to the, the younger audience that's on TikTok? Um, do they want to make their brand relatable or do they want to play in the education space? Or um, yeah, they just need to have a clear object, objective for being in the space. Absolutely. And I think that strategy is, is even more important when you go to TikTok because it is just it's such a, it's a space for everyone just to kind of express who they are. And if you don't show up authentically as a brand, your, mm -hmm. your audience is also going to pick up on that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, the algorithms don't favor branded content um, on TikTok. So and they actually favor, that's why a lot of smaller creators can do really well on TikTok um, because, yeah, the platform's all about authenticity. Yeah. And I would love for both of you maybe just to elaborate on that. Like what is that expert advice that you would give someone who's maybe 
had a brand on Facebook and Instagram for years and years and years. And I think it's quite a mind shift to now go to TikTok. What, what would you tell them? What's the best advice you can give them um, to actually be successful on there? Kat, you go for it. Um, well, I think it's just um, trying to understand. <laughs> I think it comes back to like what I was saying in the beginning is trying to understand what your audience is looking for. So let's just say if you're a, a makeup brand, what is it that your audience is craving? What are they when they log on to TikTok, what is it that they want to see from you? So like when I log on and my algorithm is obviously, you know, catered towards what I'm interested in, but I'm looking for content that shows me how to take a better photo, um, you know, how to cook a meal idea for dinner. Like another person might log on and they might be interested in seeing like how to use this lipstick, how to use this mascara. And I think brands just have to understand that when, when a consumer logs on or comes and visits your page, what is it that you're giving them that kind of allows them to be more invested in your brand and your um, and your offering, your service, whatever that may be. So like I said earlier, it needs to be something that really educates and entertains them to keep them on the platform because TikTok is that kind of thing where you just keep scrolling and keep scrolling. If it doesn't interest you, you're moving on. So you really need to capture people's attention very quickly. Um, and there's so many tutorials on like the kind of hacks that do that, like starting your video off with these five things will make your video go viral like as long as you capture a person's attention in the first three to five seconds you've got them hooked on your content and they're going to keep coming back for more and more and then I think what's also important is that you stick to your niche and you stay in your lane so the accounts from what I've seen that have done the best have been niche accounts so accounts that religiously post the same sort of content over and over again with the same formula. Those are the accounts that do well, that blow up, that go viral. Um, so I think if you like hopping between different uh, types of content and different um, messages, your page might not do as well as someone who's religiously doing the same content piece and similar like formula over and over again. Yeah, can I add to that as well? Um, in terms of what I would advise clients if they also wanted to go into the TikTok space is that um, it's not a platform, like you said, that where you can just repurpose content that's been created for other for other platforms. It is something you need to commit to because there's quite a lot of original content you're going to have to make for your TikTok channel. So don't think you can just repurpose content. You need to commit to going the TikTok route and creating the content that TikTok needs. Absolutely. And I think formatting as well. Some of these brands you see post their TVCs and it's not in the right format and the right dimensions. Yeah. And you're like, all of that plays into the experience because it's this full immersive experience that TikTok's all about. It's visual, it's, yeah. it's the sounds on. So if you just put a TVC on there that's not even the right format, I think people just keep on scrolling, right? Yeah, exactly. And what we try to do as well from our side is if when we brief influencers, we'll kind of just say to them, you know, you need to make sure that you're shooting in a vertical way. You need to make sure you're shooting in good light. You need to make sure you're using a trending audio. So those are all the things that we make sure our influencers do so that the content does perform well um, on the brand page and kind of just fits in and, and looks part of the TikTok aesthetic. Perfect. And I'm glad you just mentioned um, influencers, yeah, because I would love to shift a bit gear. And I know also TikTokers don't like to be called influencers. They like to be called mm -hmm. content creators. And I think 
I completely understand it because it was all about that raw content. But mm -hmm. what really are those differences when you're looking at choosing influencers for maybe a Facebook or Instagram campaign, say, versus really looking at those creators that will do good for your brand on TikTok? Are there any differences that you need to be aware of? Uh, I think, okay, with with all creators, obviously you want to see like their, their true reach of, of their posts and their engagement rate. But with TikTok, the number of followers isn't as important with Facebook and Instagram because, like I said, the TikTok algorithm will favor smaller creators and um, won't necess necessarily like promote your post just um, because you've got a lot of, a lot of followers. So, I would say that that is the main difference is that you can really use niche smaller influences um, on TikTok. Would you agree, Kat? Yeah, definitely. Like a, a perfect example and one that people always talk about is, you know, you can have a thousand followers on TikTok, but you can have a hundred thousand views on your TikTok video because the TikTok AI is so much more advanced than what Instagram is. Um, I mean, everyone always talks about the Jennifer Lopez example. She did that dance twist um, and it got like 160 something million views and she only had what, 9 million followers at the time. So I think it's, it's so different to Instagram. And I think Instagram is trying very hard to play catch up with their AI. Um, but that is something that I think creators and brands love about TikTok is that, you know, you don't have to have thousands of followers. You can have only a few and just produce a really good quality piece of content that does well and just like flies very quickly. So I think, yeah, I mean, even from what we've seen, like influencers who've taken, you know, years to build their following on Instagram, they can grow their following like within a month on TikTok just by, you know, changing up some of the content, reposting it on TikTok, it's just so much easier to grow there as a brand and and um, a content creator, I think. No, it's crazy. And to that point, I've actually followed some people who've obviously just started on TikTok about a year ago and they set themselves this challenge to see how they can grow their channel on there. And literally just by being consistent and to your point also sticking to their niche and to their lanes, they grew a con like ridiculous amount of followers within three, four months. They were like, it's hey, crazy. it's all about consistency. It's all about knowing your content and your niche. And there you are. Yeah. I think so many content creators are seeing that they can get more brand deals um, by moving over to TikTok because it's, it's just it allows them to grow faster than they were ever able to on Instagram. I mean, most of us have had our Instagram accounts for years and they can lie stagnant. Even if you're producing like the best quality content, then you go onto TikTok and you have one video that does extremely well and you're just literally flying overnight. So it's really crazy to see when you see it happen. Um, so yeah, it's, I think I really understand why there is this huge shift to TikTok and why Instagram is kind of, freaking out and trying to adapt quickly to be less of a photo sharing app and more of a video format app. But do you think being able to grow so quickly on TikTok and having this amazing reach and all the benefits that we're seeing at the moment, do you think that's just for now because it's still relatively new uh, and it might turn into what we're seeing Instagram is becoming? Or do you think, no, it's just a completely different type of app? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Um, 
you never know. Is another newcomer going to enter into the industry that, you know, won't make TikTok seem as, as fresh and exciting? Uh, yeah, who knows? <laughs> no, no, exactly. No one can answer that, right? Because no. <laughs> social media changes so quickly. It yeah. really does. And then on the flip side, with Instagram announcing all these changes about a week or two ago, I'm sure you guys saw saw the drama as well, where everyone was like, please, we don't want another TikTok. We're on Instagram because we're on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it, and it makes you wonder, should they really be competing? They completely, well, they're meant to be two completely different apps. The one is more for photo, or it used to be for photo sharing and more personal things. Mm. And then leave TikTok to do their thing. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, is it going to kill Instagram trying to chase TikTok? I mean, I like Adam Masuri. I feel like he's always just on the back foot of everything. Like, he does updates. Like, and TikTok has done it a year ago. Like, I just feel like he's always. And then he tries to like quell people's fears, and he's like, "Don't worry, you can still post photos, but no we're shocked." We're a shopping app. We're we're gonna have recommendations. Like he just basically contradicts everything that he says. So I think he's like trying to calm people down, but also he's basically saying, "You guys like video. Please don't pretend that you don't." Like, yeah. I think the competition is healthy because it means that they're constantly trying to give like the best, you know, consumer experience. I think the competition has resulted in Instagram um, pushing reels, which I think is great for Instagram. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I personally think that Instagram won't ever be TikTok, so they should rather stay more, um, yeah, as a photo sharing and I think shopping is going to just get bigger and bigger on Instagram oh 100% and I agree with you I don't think they should be trying to to be anything else than what they are they're already doing amazing um, mm. and to your point Kat Adam is just always so calming when he speaks that you can't help but be calm and then you really think what he's saying you're like really <laughs> really <laughs> I think he's got a background of like crisis comms or something because he has a way of delivering a message that actually just like kind of makes you confused but also like karma yeah it's like oh <laughs> i like you adam 100 <laughs> so when we look at briefing because obviously in our industry briefs is like the holy grail like if you can't brief properly i don't know what you want from me um <laughs> so what really should be in a good tiktok creator brief for influencers let's start with you Haley. what should be in a tiktok brief Okay, I think the TikTok brief needs to have a certain level of freedom for the influencer, but you need to be very clear on your objectives. What is the brand? Are you trying to get people to, to buy a product? Are you trying to get people to relate to the product? Are you trying to... Um, yeah. Are you trying to introduce a new product? I think the objective needs to be very clear. I think um, the 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 brand identity needs to be conveyed in the brief. If the if the creator doesn't know the brand personality, because um, you don't want to like hit the wrong mark when it comes to that. Cat, um, you're our brief expert. What else? Um, <laughs> 
I think the client obviously needs to let you know, do they want the influencer to like jump onto a trending audio or a trending premise? Do they want them to kind of steer away from that? What is the length? I mean, ideally what we've seen is like anything over like 30 seconds is, you know, there's, there's drop off. Um, so I would say like, you know, what is the length of the, the content need to be? Uh, how, how much into the video are they going to show the product? Does it have to be shown up front? Should it be like put more towards the end? Because I mean, oftentimes you'll notice on a person, like on a creator's page, the content that they've just produced that's part of the niche, it always does well. But then you'll notice the branded content from what I've seen is usually a lot less viewed than what their normal content will be. So it's just always important to try and get them to incorporate the product in a way that looks part of their usual content and isn't like a complete, a completely different takeaway, like something that you would never see on their page before. Um, so yeah, there's this one girl, she always does these uh, flashbacks to Y2K and stuff. And then sometimes she'll like make fun of makeup that she used to, I'm sure you've seen it, like makeup she used to wear in the 90s or whatever. And then she'll find a way to incorporate the makeup uh, brand that she needs to have sponsored in a way that looks natural and looks like she's still kind of pointing fun at like Y2K or whatever it may be. But if she had just done a normal tutorial video, that probably would have tanked. But if she does it in a way that her audience expects, the video will most likely do well. So yeah, I think it's just understanding that, you know, the, the influencer needs to understand what the client wants at the end of the day. What do they want out of it? What maybe they want uh, brand reach or just a little bit of understanding about their product and just like incorporating it in a way that feels natural and doesn't feel like hashtag sponsored the whole way through, you know? Hashtag no filter. That's how this podcast is delivering real down to earth stories told by real people. For an influencer campaign that takes brand conversation to everyday real-life situations, go check out thesalt.co.za. They are the undisputed experts in real influencer marketing. I think those are, those are great points. And I, I want to know what your thoughts are of sometimes bringing in the creators from like the inception of that idea phase with client for brainstorms and stuff, just so that there is that alignment um, to what the creator maybe come up that he knows will work with his audience versus what I know we all know brand managers who, and it's their babies. They're very prescriptive. Um, so what is your thoughts on, on bringing those creators in from the start? I think a content creator, the onboarding process of bringing the content creator and the brand together is so important and it's often overlooked or just kind of rushed with a quick email or maybe even a phone call. And I think the better that brand onboarding is, the the better, you know, they got, the two are going to work together. So I think it's great if you can bring the – if. A brand identifies a creator that really kind of resonates with them and they bring that that um, creator in to have a say in what they want to do for a particular campaign. I think that's that's a, an amazing way of working because you'll probably you might get the yeah, you'll just get to the to the right product quicker, I think. And you won't have so many reverts and yeah, I think that bringing the creator in early um, really helps. I agree. And I also think they feel a bit more part of like the marketing team. So they feel a bit special and they generally go so much more 
like above and beyond for that brand at the end of the day, just because they feel like they are valued to team member. They're not just another creator that's been, been hired to, to create a piece of content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Kat, you are an influencer on Instagram and on TikTok. We all follow mm-hmm. you. I make the recipes. It's great. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to know from you, from a creator or an influence point of view, do you actually approach your content differently when it's for Instagram versus when it's for TikTok? Or do you kind of make one piece of content and and just kind of split it? Look, I mean, I only got TikTok a few months ago, so I'm really not an expert at like learning when it comes to content creation. But what I have picked up (laughs) and what is actually very hard for me to come to terms with is TikTok is all about like very off the cuff content, like just shooting and not putting too much effort into it. Just picking up your phone, make sure you obviously have good lighting, but picking up your phone and just talking and just shooting content and really not editing too heavily. And that has been a big learning for me because the way I was shooting for content for brands on Instagram and for reels was all like, I would put a lot of effort into it and I would spend time editing and think of cool cuts. And it's not to say that transitions are dead, but I just mean like what I've noticed with TikTok is the most random video I've ever shot, (laughs) like just walking into shop and talking about like this can of whatever that I've bought that will do so well but the video content that I shoot professionally will just flop and it's so bizarre to me and I think it's yeah just coming to the terms of the idea that you know letting go of trying to be perfect and trying to have this lovely beautiful curated feed and everything is lovely color coded and I've had to let that all go and it's been actually really difficult because I had this like really pretty white aesthetic with like pops of brown and pink and now my feed actually just looks like someone threw up on it but it's doing better because that's what people want they don't want everything to look beautifully filtered and edited and they want to see the real side and they want to see the grits and they want to see what you're doing behind the scenes and what you're eating. Um, So yeah, I think TikTok is great for getting you out of your shell and, you know, kind of stopping you from always trying to strive for perfection and have everything perfect. Um, But that's my, that's my understanding of, of TikTok. It's just very off the cuff content, very random stuff does well. I also think like, the, the younger you are, the better your content will do. Sorry, Anne. Yeah. No, no, no. Please continue. That's a very valid point. Makes me feel very old when I'm on yeah. TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> they just get it. They just get onto their phones and they just start talking. And their content does well. So it works. I mean, anything yeah. that looks way too scripted or you put too much effort in <laughs> is, yeah. It's like no effort here. Sorry for your hours yeah. of editing. Um, but it's a very difficult mindset to change because that's kind of where we started with social media. That's that's how we were kind of conditioned. Like it's beautifully curated. You're looking at your color schemes when you mm-hmm. shoot. Make sure it's like perfect and and everything you're doing. And then you get to TikTok and was it last year or the year before? Some guy on a skateboard was drinking some cold drink and it went viral they sold out of that cold drink nationwide and it wasn't even a branded piece of content he was just skateboarding parodies and you're like what is happening it's totally bizarre and like you no one i don't think really anyone understands it but from what i've seen like to just summarize it's the random stuff where you're just being yourself and you're not having any like 
I don't know, like just be yourself and just talk off the cuff and don't plan anything. And that seems to do well. <laughs> yeah, I follow a couple of accounts where it's literally, and I'm like, why do I follow these accounts? But I love it. It's just chicks like talking about experiences in their life or advice or just weird random stories of nights out. And I'm like, it's got millions yeah. of, of views. How? How? Yeah, it's amazing. It, it just gives you a little bit of insight into the human psyche. Like we're all kind of interested in each other's lives and what everyone's doing. And um, I think we're all just very nosy. <laughs> and we also don't want to feel, you know, on Instagram, you just see a whole lot of people looking perfect. You know, that doesn't necessarily make you feel good about yourself. Whereas if yeah, you see yeah. everyone's just kind of normal like you, then, you know, it helps. <laughs> yeah. That's really true. I think it is coming with that that whole movement of just sort of self-acceptance, you don't need to be perfect. Um, and that's probably where TikTok's also really flourishing because the new generations are all about that. It's all about embracing all your flaws. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how do we actually take what we've just spoken about and incorporate that into branded content? Because I mean, can you imagine giving a brief to an influencer? I mean, I'm a bit like pedantic where I want to be like, this is needs to be featured. I want to give you some freedom, but now it's TikTok. And I'm just going like, YOLO, just make sure you <laughs> have something in there. Yeah, I feel like I a lot of brand managers will have heart attacks. <laughs> and I think that's where the influencer selection is so important. So, for example, we've got um, a, a financial brand uh, that works really well on TikTok with some TikTok content but we are working with creators that that's what their feed is about it's about like talking about financial tips like everyday tips that help you and me you know and so it's not kind of completely out of the blue that a brand is now um you know sponsoring the content so they they are still doing what they do best in partnership with the brand it's not like the brand has now come and changed the direction of their content and I think that that's very important. And I think that's across the board, right? It's choose influencers who speaks to the niche, who's trusted, um, and who's just, just kind of aligns with those values. It all comes down to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's chat paid media. Because over the last years, we've seen it obviously come in really, really big on Facebook and Instagram, just purely because Zuckerberg won't let anyone see your content unless <laughs> it's paid for. <laughs> so performance media has really become a big part of what we do. We've got our content creators that create these beautiful and really authentic, relatable pieces of content. But now we obviously have to get people to see it. Um, across Facebook and Instagram, we can target that really, really actually scarily to who sees that. But TikTok is a little bit different just purely because they kind of cater their feeds to, to whoever is watching. So maybe Haley, can you maybe expand on how that actually works and why it's still so important to have that as part of a TikTok strategy as well? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it is a little bit different to Facebook and Instagram in that if I've got a business account on Instagram, personally, I can boost my content. Whereas uh, not everyone on, t on TikTok that has an account can boost their content and put money behind it. Um, but what is so amazing is that we can now, for example, um, I'll give a real life example, like Wimpy, for example, is not on TikTok, but we working with some amazing uh, TikTokers that are talking Wimpy and we can 
you know, put performance media behind their posts on TikTok uh, without Wimpy having to have a Wimpy account. And um, we can, like you say, um, boost those posts to a very, very targeted, a targeted audience base. And um, yeah, it really just um, like the ROI of your spend is is incredible and you can be incredibly targeted with your audience. So it is definitely, um, yeah, we always advise that element um, with your campaign. Absolutely. So let's talk trends. Uh, we obviously know that TikTok has kind of ballooned short form video content. Before that, it was kind of a thing. And now it's just like, that's what everyone wants to do. Reels has come out. And also, Haley, I'm with you. I love a good reel. Um, <laughs> but in your opinion, uh, over the next year, what will those trends look like? Is there something else that's coming up now that maybe not take over the short form video content, but maybe complements it? Um, Kat, maybe you've got some ideas. Um, well, I mean, uh, trends is hard to predict because, as I as we said, we never know what they're going to do. But, I mean, obviously, there's been this – they're trialing this thing with your um, your videos are pretty much going over your whole screen and your photos on Instagram are going over your whole screen. I'm not sure of the exact word that they call it, but this full-screen immersive thing, lot, not a lot of people have been very happy with it, but that's kind of something that they're trialing, and I think it's, again, them on the back foot of TikTok. And then the – I don't know if you've noticed, but you've you, on um, Instagram now. There's recommendations, so it's recommending people's content to you, and it's in between that, like, uh, got all the sorts of shopping stuff weaved into it. So I think, I mean, that's where they're going. They're probably just going to keep investing in in all of those sorts of things, and you you know, even though they say they'll still allow people to post photos and that sort of thing, they're moving away from that. I think videos, they're just going to maybe incorporate more longer form videos. Maybe they'll take away IGTV and replace it with something else. But videos is the future. And I think you either jump on or you jump off. But yeah, I don't think that there's anything going to change in that sense. Um, but I do think that there needs to be, I know overseas, it's, you know, you can get paid for the content that you're, you, you're doing on TikTok and Instagram. We don't really have that properly in South Africa yet. And I think um, it's, you know, it's a it's a missed opportunity for all the content creators that we have that are not really getting paid for the content that they're producing. So I would like to see that they, you know, incorporate some way of um, giving back to the influencers and the content creators that are on the app all the time, creating amazing content that helps people stay on the app. Um, so more towards the way YouTube has the um, payment for like over a thousand views or something like that. I really think that they need to think about that a little bit more because, I mean, what are all these creators getting out of it if they're not doing paid campaigns? Yeah, I think TikTok is slowly monetizing in South Africa. And, um, yeah, I think it's just going to grow more and more um, like it is around the world. Uh, yeah, but we a little bit late to the, late to the party, but it will come. Uh, I love that we're a little late to the party always because then we can see all the mistakes the the other countries have made, and we can just kind of go like, "Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna do that. That's fine." <laughs> yeah. yeah. But let's let's talk about the the YouTube and the longer form content. TikTok initially came out and short form content, and that's why people are there. And like we said earlier, our attention spans are so small. I think it's something like 12 seconds, then someone is like already scrolling unless it's really, really 
engaging. But now TikToks mm-hmm. come out with, I think it's 10-minute videos, and you're thinking, why, why are they doing that? What's your thoughts on that? Do you like it? Do you hate it? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so the only the only time I'm watching a video that's over 10 minutes or is 10 minutes is if it's very educational. So at the moment, I'm very into um, interior decorating because we're building a house. So I'm watching these long form videos on YouTube and these long form videos on um, TikTok. So I feel like there is a place for it. But it usually means that the content is teaching you how to do something, showing you something that you have no idea. Like, I just feel like learning stuff on TikTok and YouTube is huge. I mean, I'm very into that at the moment. Like I love watching these videos and learning like the best way to paint, the best way to decorate. Like, so I, what I'm just trying to say is I think people will stay on and watch your content if it somehow enriches their life or educates them, um, entertains them. Whereas like when you're just scrolling and you're just watching funny videos, that's what you're looking for. You're just looking for that quick hit, that eight to 10 seconds video um so yeah that would that's what would keep me on for 10 minutes and you Haley, what do you think yeah i mean it is quite contradictory um that they extending the length of tiktok videos yet um people have this short attention span i think maybe it's also got to do with kind of if people aren't watching tv as much and um social media is now they the form of watching series and, you know, longer form video, then maybe kind of there's a space for that, for the, for the longer form. I think there are people that really do enjoy podcasts. And I think if the, if the creators of that podcast really resonate with you, then you will watch a longer form video. So I think there is, there is space for it. There is space for the, you know, the 10 second TikTok short. And there is space for a longer YouTube or podcast like this, you know, if it, if it's in your niche, if people are in like content creation, you know, they might listen to the end of this podcast. I think we had 40 minutes. So if they've made it this far, then they're really interested in this, this, in this topic. And I think that's what, yeah, that's what Kat says. If they're really interested in the topic, then, you know, and it's educating them on their niche, then they'll listen further. But I think majority of content is going to be consumed, or that is consumed, will be short form. But then for me, it comes back to why is TikTok not staying TikTok with short form? Leave it to YouTube for the longer form and Instagram keep your photos. People are on things for yeah. different reasons. And I just feel like all these apps wants to be everything for everyone. Everyone, yeah. And, and don't you know, know if that's going to work in the end. I think they're also experimenting, uh, you know, and they, they might put these features forward, see if it works, take it away. I think there's a bit of experimentation happening. That's my guess. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so we've come to the last question of our podcast. Um, and Kat, I'm going to start with you. Just two or three quick learnings that you have learned from actually running influencer campaigns that, that you can put forward to people listening. Yeah. Okay. So number one, I would say, make sure the client knows what they want. Because a lot of times clients have an idea in their mind. We've had it this week even where clients thought that they wanted something. We produced that for them and it wasn't what they wanted. So that causes a lot of delays and back and forth with the influencer and frustration. So 
you know, make sure the client knows what they want um, talk them through examples, like just come up with scenarios in your mind of how the content can look so that they, especially if they're a client that has never done influencer marketing before, so that they actually can think about the content they're going to receive and if it is exactly what they want. And then, yeah, just being very transparent with the influencer in terms of the contract and their deliverables. I think, you know, Haley always laughs at me for this, but I schedule meetings into influencers' diaries when their content is due to me, when they need to sign their brief. Like I have them on WhatsApp. And it's not to say that um, I'm trying to micromanage them, but it's more just so that they understand this is what you've agreed to and this is kind of what you need to stick to. But then also being flexible, like if the influencer feels that they need more time to shoot then you're giving them that time and pushing back on clients and saying listen if you want a better piece of content you need to give this person maybe another two or three days because they they haven't cracked it yet so um yeah i think it's a lot of negotiating and being the middleman between the content creator and the client and just trying to manage everyone's expectations so that no one's feelings get hurt and then yeah just coming together to produce great content that then is repurposed because what we find is a lot of the time influencer content kind of it, it happens and then it's like okay cool we're done tick box but like how is the brand actually repurposing that like are they thinking of a way to put that into their content strategy i mean you've paid for those usage rights you need to actually do something with it engage with it share it comment on it um put it on youtube like yeah just Make sure that, you know, the influencer didn't just go to all that effort for nothing and, yeah, make it worthwhile. I think those are great. And you, Hayley, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I think like what you can hear from Kat is that through doing these campaigns, we've learned so much. And with every campaign, you even learn something new having been in the business for 10 years. So my advice is to work with people who have experience extensive experience with influencer marketing because you need to know what needs to be in that contract you need to know what needs to be in that brief you need to you you need to know what objective box you're ticking how to make sure performance media works really well for your content so you know take advantage of people people's experience in the industry and yeah I think um, that is also an amazing point. Yeah, go with the experts, right? We've seen yeah. clients trying for the first time to do these things and it's such a headache because it takes forever. They don't really know how things work. Like you say, what's in the contract? What do they have to do? All these things in between that they don't, it's not just phoning up an influence and say, hey, yo, mm. we're on. <laughs> it's so yeah. much. So you run into so many dramas and headaches. So no, yeah, use our experience and our gray hairs. <laughs> Lots of gray hairs. <laughs> yeah. Ladies, thank you so much. That was amazing. And thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Um, I think just lastly, maybe tell people where they can find you online. So if they want to see what you guys are up to, they can. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on social media, of course. <laughs> Activate. It's the word actor, A-C-T-O-R-V-A-T-E. So we're at Activate. And um, I think you you can email myself, Haley at Activate or Kat, C-A-T at Activate.co.za. And yeah, Activate.co.za online as well. Amazing. It really is nice to, to speak to someone who knows our influencer language. 
<laughs> Same. <laughs> this podcast series has been made possible by The Salt the influencer company that turns influence into affluence. In the same way that information is presented in this podcast in a relatable and authentic way, The Salt gets your customers to tell their real brand stories to their community. Go to thesalt.co.za to learn more about how The Salt can help you grow your business.